Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another week of Big Ten Hoops Weekly. I'm Brett, and I'm I'm with you with Steve as always. Uh, Steve, how are we doing? Um, we're we're doing great. Uh, really exciting first week of of play here, and I think now uh, the standings are kind of have worked their way into order, and we're going to talk about all that um, in in some level of detail. Yeah, absolutely. It is uh, it's Sunday night, uh, January 9th, and we just got through watching a couple games that ended up being closer than uh, we, you know one would have expected after watching a half of each of those games. Um, so I think we should we should get right into it. And the first team I, I want to talk about uh, this week, uh, the team that definitely had the best team or the best week out of any Big Ten team, picking up three wins in six days, two on the road, and you know, you know how much this program loves those road wins. Um, the Wisconsin Badgers uh, picking up a win on Tuesday over Purdue uh, at at Mackey Arena, the place that's kind of been a house of horrors for them uh, for years now. Um, kind of taking care of Iowa at home midweek and just wrapping up a game against Maryland where they uh, led by as much as 21 before really kind of sneaking out a one point win over a, a very resilient Maryland team. Um so I think I think we should start, Steve, with with this game at Mackey. Uh, and, you know, what were some takeaways that you had from that one? The thing that impressed me the most about the game at Purdue was, wasn't so much like an X's and O's thing, but it was just really how in control it felt like Wisconsin was from start to finish. Um, they played and, you know, Purdue's pretty versatile in the you know, the, the pace that they can play at, you know, they, they try to speed you up with their press. Um, they, they try to run pretty quickly, but you know, they, they play through their bigs pretty effectively. So they can also beat you in the half court, but Wisconsin basically kind of flipped, flipped that around and, and played their game. Now all that, like notwithstanding, you can't talk about this game without talking about Johnny Davis and calling Wisconsin, the lesser of the two teams is probably unfair, but for like the underdog team in that game, you, you needed a, an outlandish performance from your best player to go in there and win. And they got that. Um, but like, I don't like when I watch Johnny Davis play that way, I don't think that like, I think he's capable of doing that on any night, which could make this Wisconsin team like pretty scary come tournament time, just because of how solid they are offensively and for how well they make you play their game. And so in a way it just feels like the Wisconsin team of old. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think an interesting point to note there is that uh, the the top two centers on on Wisconsin both fouled out that game, as did Tyler Wall. So they were down by the end of the game. They were down uh, Steve Crowell and Chris Vote and Wall. So, you know, kind of gutty, gutty win there obviously needed kind of a, a superhuman performance from Davis. But, uh, you know, coming out of coming out of Mackey with a with a with a win is always a good start to a week. Just the, the one other thing, too, that I'll say there on Purdue um, and, and I'll make this quick. So the, the bigs on Purdue are enough to like create separation often between them and their opponent, just like sheerly on how big they are, how they dominate the boards and how they can score in the paint. But one thing that could be an issue with Purdue is like in crunch time. And when you need like a, uh, a shot maker from the perimeter, if you can shut down Ivy, you're, you're kind of okay. Um, and, and, you know, as Wisconsin does, like, not that they, not that they did that, like, crazy effectively, but they, they slowed Ivy down um, enough. He had 14 points on nine shots that game, 
that that was enough to kind of get them over the hump. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, Purdue's kind of been scuffling a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see how they try and start turning things around. Um, all right, moving. And then, yeah, just the, the you know, Iowa taking care of a, a good Iowa team is, is, is good. And then, uh, you know, three games, six days, they're bound to get tired eventually. Maryland had a chance and, and probably should have won that game, honestly. But Speaking of a lot of a few games in a short amount of time, Illinois uh, wins over that Maryland team and Minnesota two games in three days as a result of uh, a, a cancellation from last weekend. Um, and, you know, we, we have to start talking about Illinois uh, from this week by mentioning Kofi Coburn's uh, great efforts two two straight double two straight 20 point double doubles, 29 and 10 and 23 and 18 in those two games, respectively. And this Illinois team looks like they're really starting to put things together now. Yeah. So, you know, the, their strong kind of three-day stretch there starts and ends with, with Kobe. And he's that effective. I think they're going to be tough to um, – they're it's going to be tough for any team to beat them. What was most impressive, though, was in their game against Maryland on Thursday, Kofi was in foul trouble kind of late in the first half there, and Maryland made a run to kind of make it close. But – they 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 didn't really let that get to him and and kept kind of doing their thing. I know there's all these arguments about like the auto bench with two fouls in the first half, but it it worked out because he was um you know he he was fresh and and there for when they needed him down the stretch. And the the key to me though about this Illinois team, like yeah, Kofi Kofi is the the key to make them good, but only seven turnovers in that game against Maryland. Um yeah, and they were over, able to overcome only shooting twenty eight twenty seven percent from three. Yeah, and you know those are that's the thing we've really harped on with this Illinois team over the last few weeks, kind of as they've gotten uh, gotten it together, is they've really been knocking down threes, and it's it's good to see them win games where that doesn't happen because they take care of the ball and they were able to knock Kudus Wahab out of the game. Uh, he played ten minutes, had five fouls, um, and so that let that let Kofi really be dominant this game. All right, so moving on um, for the first time in a while, the Indiana Hoosiers had a good week. Uh, obviously, you know, we have to start by talking about their massive upset, uh, I guess not massive upset, but, uh, their massive win against Ohio state. Uh, I believe they won that game by 16 points. Um, really just kind of start to finish really great win. And they were able to keep the momentum going by taking care of Minnesota over the weekend. And, 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 you know, remember, um, Indiana kind of uh, coming off uh, um, what was like a, a not so great looking loss to Penn State uh, this past weekend. Um, and, and you know, we kind of had the conversation of like, is it time to panic for Indiana fans? And, you know, their team kind of answered the boat um, there as well. I think similar story with Indiana is what we just mentioned with Illinois. I mean, in that game against Ohio State, only nine turnovers and like, we've been talking about their issues spacing the floor the entire time. They literally, they shot 13% from three that game and still won. Um, it's a testament to the fact that their defense is improving, um, that, that home crowd, you know, is energized and they came out kind of punching there. But again, I think with Ohio state as well, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get from them day in and day out. And I think they were able to overcome it when they played Nebraska kind of earlier, um, last week. Um, in what was their first game coming off like a long pause, but I think it caught up to them a little bit here when they tried to go on the road. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, no no real need for for panic uh, there, but, you know, never, never great to kind of have a performance like that. Um, kind of on the opposite end, uh, Michigan State 
winners of eight straight games now. Uh, they pulled away from Nebraska late. Uh, it was a little closer in the first half than I guess they probably would have liked. Uh, but they remain the only undefeated team in the conference in conference play. Um, I I don't I don't really know what what more there is to say about this team. They're really despite you know having some exploitable weaknesses, they've been winning games. I mean, not the not the toughest schedule. And just one correction: Illinois is also undefeated in conference play. But um, no, thank you. I uh, no, yeah, I think the. Maybe the, the the biggest missed opportunity for Michigan State this week was their game against Michigan getting postponed, um, which kind of robbed them of a chance to go to five and zero. But I, I think Nebraska is also like it's it's weird to analyze them game to game in a vacuum because you, you can't. I think like they, There's no consistency. Yeah, they had kind of a good like two game stretch and then they they looked terrible um, in their game against Rutgers the, a couple of days ago here. Um, so. Michigan State, though, I think unlike most Michigan State like teams in the past, they don't have like a gunner. You know, they don't have like a guy that's going to be a superstar for you. But they they play solid. You know, they they keep they keep making you work. And Max Christie, you know, a, a twenty point um, a twenty point game here in this game. I don't know. So like the players are developing. You know, some at different rates um, and all this stuff. But um, yeah, you know, they I think they're they're scary and honestly like uh, probably in a week or two here we're gonna have to have a conversation about whether they're like the class of the conference or not yeah and i uh, you know i think like you like you said no no real like superstar so to speak but honestly uh i've been really really impressed with gabe brown of late uh he's been over over 40 percent in from three and four of their last five games um and is really kind of coming along as a guy that can can really hit that hit that big shot. Um, you know, the Spartans still play very, very, very good defense. Uh, I believe, yeah, they rank just outside the top 20 in Ken Palm for defensive efficiency. Um, but I think you, you do kind of have to address the point that it, their schedule has been easy in conference to say the least, uh, with a game or with games over Minnesota, uh, Penn state, Northwestern, Nebraska, and their next two are Minnesota and Northwestern. Uh, before traveling to Wisconsin uh, on the 21st. So, you know, I think I think Michigan State will still be riding high. I'm intrigued to see what it looks like when the gauntlet really kind of steps up as we head into the end of January, beginning of February. Um, and speaking of, I, I guess, riding high, so to speak, uh, Rutgers had another good had, a, had a, their first good week in a while. Um because even when they were beating up on bad teams, they weren't really beating up on bad teams. Um, they won at home against a, a Michigan team that, that was shorthanded. They were missing some some depth for sure. Uh, and then just beat the daylights out of Nebraska. So definitely showing that they're still, a, you know, a force to be reckoned with, especially at home. You know, the three and one in the conference, nine and five overall, I think still needs some some big wins in order to even kind of broach the bubble. But you know, if, if you're beating the teams you should beat, that's a good start. I mean, that that went over Michigan, I think, was just a huge, huge for them with their kind of season dwindling on the, the edge there. One thing with them that I don't think many people, even within the Big Ten, realized is that that short amount of time that they were without Geo Baker, I think it was like a three week period. You know, I, I think really hurt them. I mean, he came back um, in that game against Michigan and shot. 70% from the floor and 
um, en route to 27 points. So I know, you know, people that follow the program closely, like you get good Geo Baker and bad Geo Baker. Sometimes they got good Geo Baker when they needed it last night. They, they needed that win um, against Michigan. And kind of, as we talked about last time, jury's out on whether that's actually a, a, a good win or not. Um, and especially with the state of Michigan's program and their COVID pause, I think we're not going to find out a lot about that Michigan team, you know, whether they're like lower third of the big 10, you know, middling or like a legit contender, like we all thought they'd be probably for a few more weeks here. Um, but regardless, good to have that on the resume. And then they rode that momentum into a, a throttling of Nebraska. Yeah. And I think, I think if you're, if you're a Rutgers fan, you really like seeing, I think Harper's obviously shooting way better from three this year. He's up around 44%. But the big thing is he's he's not taking that many threes. I believe he's probably he's at you know four or five you know four or five a game. But he's picking his spots better, and that's how you that's you know I think his efficiency at times last year could could be de- a little bit detrimental to the team. So I think this year he's kind of settled in a little bit and let other guys look for their shots too. Joe Baker's also uh, obviously having a good season from three, and that that helps especially with the shooting woes that they faced last year. Um. And now the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, beat Maryland on Monday. Keegan Murray scored 35. Uh, and, you know, that was that was obviously uh, they've had they've had we've talked about their their really kind of rough introduction to Big Ten play with uh, clo- those close losses to Purdue and Illinois. Uh, beating Maryland was a good get on the right track. And then they uh, I guess didn't quite lay an egg at Wisconsin, but it was it was basically a 20 point game before uh, kind of all the walk ons joined to the joined the party. With with Iowa, I mean, I think it's the the point with them is just as you said, you know, you sit there, you look at them at one and three right now, kind of lower rung of the conference, but kind of like with Michigan State, when we talked about they've had an easy schedule, I think, you know, some of this will even out with Iowa, and uh, I'd I'd look for them to get back on track and be a, a player for a tournament bid, um, as we kind of expected once um, their kind of surprise start to the season turned out to be real. Yeah, I mean, I think I think getting getting a 50% shooting night from Patrick McCaffrey against Wisconsin is is a good sign. Uh, but a lot of a lot of guys a lot of guys no showed that game. Obviously, Keegan Murray is still having an All American type season, um, but he he is going to need some help as we get into the meat of that Big Ten schedule. Uh, and finally, the Penn State Nittany Lions, kind of an uh, you know an upstart team, so to speak. Uh, with a couple wins, a home, a huge home win for the program over Indiana last Sunday, as we discussed, and then went on the road and, and took care of a, of a pretty solid Northwestern team before giving Purdue a scare on the road. Um, so, you know, things are are trending trending up in in uh, universe, in uh, state college. Um, but on the flip side, that loss hurts for Northwestern. Yeah, you know, and I, I think. The jury was still, I think, out on Northwestern, and we talked about that, I think, last podcast and the podcast before. Um, and and that's just a huge, I mean, a, a huge blow to them. You know, the rumors are that Chris Collins' seat is a little hot. Um, and, like, you, you, you'd think the talent's there, you know, on Northwestern. Like, they've got veteran guys in, like, you know, in Bowie and Audige and Nance. Like, you know, you, you think this should be enough to kind of, like I don't know, make a run at least at like a 500 conference play, but like Penn State may, may be better than any of us all thought, but like that was one that they could not afford to lose. Yeah, I mean they they've lost their first three conference games, kind of coming back from the break, so they sit at one and three in the conference. But those three losses are by a combined 16 points against Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State. So 
you know, obviously they, they looked like they were on their way to getting blown out tonight, but at a certain point, you really have to start winning games if you want to keep your job. And yeah, no moral victories. Yeah, no, not for not for this Northwestern team. So uh, and it doesn't really get much easier as we will as we will talk about. And with that in mind, I think it's time to look at the week ahead. Um, so we're going to want to kind of do something similar to what we did last week. Uh, quick, quick kind of thoughts on each day's worth of games. Um, oh man, Steve, you got some fun ones. Uh, so for Tuesday, what do you like in, uh, Rutgers, Penn state and Illinois, Nebraska? Yeah, I think that Rutgers Penn state game, I mean, that, that is astronomical for Rutgers, um, with the, with their momentum that they have and kind of the state of their profile and just the kind of risen expectations there, um, that is a great opportunity to get a road win. Uh, but on the flip side, we just talked about how Penn State's been giving people pr- trouble. So I look for that one to be tight and low scoring. Um, Illinois, Nebraska, less excited about. It. I expect Illinois to win handedly. Um, and then also, you know, shout out again to the Purdue Michigan State, uh, the Purdue Michigan game being postponed. Um, another COVID postponement for Michigan. So um, we'll see when that one gets rescheduled. Um, as far as Wednesday, Brett, um, we got Sparty and the Gophers, a rematch of a game played about a month ago, and then Northwestern um, taking on Maryland. Yeah, I, you know, I think if you're if you're Michigan State, you're obviously thrilled with where you're at. Eight wins in a row, four zero and four zero in conference. A uh, couple games that have been a little bit like that that those Northwestern games, the the, the Nebraska game, maybe a little closer than you would have expect expected, uh, given the talent disparity between the teams. So I I think uh, kind of making sure you don't get you you don't uh, get a end up in a trap game against a Minnesota team that is looking still okay given the preseason expectations but seems to kind of already be feeling the brunt of really only having seven Big Ten quality players so just kind of avoiding that trap game and then uh, Northwestern Maryland honestly this is a really big game for both of these teams um, you know Northwestern's one and three. Maryland's 0-4. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think both these teams still have a lot. Of, and obviously, this is this is another rematch uh, as as Northwestern won in College Park. Northwestern's an interesting matchup for this Maryland team because um, I think they can get enough out of their guards to make make like Fats Russell's life kind of miserable. I, I don't want to say that either team wins this game and is kind of back on the road to a tournament bid, but it really doesn't help to lose this game. So I think, I think another, like, like you said, just kind of slow, methodical, let's, you know, a lot of defense in this game. Um, it's not going to be pretty, but I think Maryland should be able to take care of business and kind of reestablish themselves after, after this big comeback uh, tonight against Wisconsin. But I, I honestly don't know. Um, and then Thursday night we have, I think, I don't think it's controversial to say the the game of the week in uh, Ohio State going to Madison, and then we have Indiana Iowa. Yeah, so Indiana. I'm sorry, Wisconsin Ohio State, another rematch of a game that took place in December. You know, I I was gonna say that like Wisconsin's schedule has just been so brutal. I think to start conference playing, they looked you know really good. Getting through this one with a win, which you know you'd think they have the upper hand at home. It it should set them up to really do some damage, like as far as their record. But actually, like Wisconsin, Wisconsin got a pretty tough draw with their schedule this year. Double plays against Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Um, so not that easy of a schedule, at least in the short run. 
But, you know, I think, again, the, the question will be, does does this like you know, three you mentioned three games in like six days effective three games in seven days for Wisconsin over this last stretch. So you get a little bit of a break here with a break until Thursday with Ohio State. They're always playing up or down to their competition. Um, I, I'd expect nothing less here. Um, so, you know, look, look for a good game there. Um, and again, I think it's, it's going to come down to who's more effective in the post. Um, can Wisconsin do enough to stop Liddell? Um, you know, how does Zed Key fare against Wisconsin bigs? And then the Johnny Davis versus Liddell, I think, you know, who, who has a better game will determine who wins there. And I think Indiana, Iowa, um, you know, we, we've talked about these two programs a lot. Can Indiana continue their momentum? You know, can Iowa start to kind of turn things around? This is a very winnable game for Iowa at home. I think it's a, they probably need it more than Indiana does. Um, and then on Friday, Purdue and Nebraska, probably not so interesting, but Michigan, Illinois, um, a couple of interesting storylines there potentially. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Purdue is, is going to be looking to really kind of just write the ship and get back to rolling uh, teams that they should. It's been a kind of a, a tough week for them, obviously, but I uh, obviously expect them to write the ship. Um, yeah. Michigan, Illinois, uh, there's, there's, you know, beef between the fan bases based going back to last year and, and, and things. Uh, obviously the first thing you look at is uh, assuming this game is played is, is kind of what is the depth that Michigan has um, who's available, who's not. Um, so I, I, I have no insider knowledge, so feel free to feel free to fill us in with that in a sec here, Steve, if you have anything, but I mean, this is going to be, this is the, the quintessential, you know, battle of the giants, so to speak, uh, Kofi and, and Hunter Dickinson going, going at it, uh, on both sides of the court. Um, and I think as a result, this game's going to, going to kind of be a little slower, a little low, a little more low scoring as, as each team really tries to establish the post. Um, but with that in mind, whoever's team can step up and hit outside shots is probably in prime position to win this game. And, and, you know, obviously Illinois had a, at a off shooting night, uh, earlier this week. Um, but I think their, their guard play has been better than Michigan's in the last couple weeks. Um, so I think that this, because this game is, you know, going to be at, in Champaign, um, Illinois guards have been playing a little bit better. I, I would pick Illinois to come out on top in this one. And then we can move on to Saturday. Uh, we have Matt, the rematch of uh, Michigan State Northwestern. And then we have, uh, you know, the, the Rutgers, the East Coast showdown, Rutgers, Maryland. And, you know, another, I, I'm, and I think we're going to be saying this a lot, especially as we, we get towards February. Like, that game's really important for Rutgers. Yeah. So I think with Michigan State Northwestern, and I think we've, you know, we talked about Michigan State's kind of lighter schedule and it, it doesn't the hard part of it doesn't necessarily start this this coming week. So, you know, I again with Northwestern, like I'd expect this to be a similar like close, but not close enough. Like I don't see them going into East Lansing and winning um, with Rutgers in Maryland. So, yeah, you know, another important game for Rutgers profile. But this may actually turn out to be one that Maryland needs more than Rutgers. Um, especially if they want to be serious about um, uh, about their bid for like a their, their bid as like a, a bubble team, you know, keep in mind. Um, so Maryland had, you know, they had the tough loss to Northwestern, like right after the news about their coach, but like 
you know, they played Iowa, they played Illinois, they played Wisconsin. Like they haven't really hit the easy part of their schedule yet. It eases up a little bit coming up here. Um, and so two great opportunities for them to get good wins this week and really a stretch where it's possible for them to get themselves back in the mix. So, you know, I'm actually looking more at Maryland in this game. Not necessarily I'm predicting them to win, but I th- I want to see what level of desperation they play with. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what they what they do because I I've noticed that uh, Wahab has really not been playing a lot recently. So, uh, you know whether that's fouls or just kind of matchups. So I think seeing him and Omari go at it will be will be an interesting stylistic matchup. And then finally on Sunday, uh, Penn State, Ohio State, as well as Iowa and Minnesota. Brett, finish us off here. Yeah, um, I I think. A light week for Penn State. They kind of have have a little bit of a break in between their their game against Rutgers and this game against Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I've been really impressed. It's as like we've said, they don't really have a, a any stars, um, but it's it's a bunch of of role players that are all playing at a pretty high level. Um, obviously, the the scoring of Jalen Pickett has has been a real big help for this team. Um, and you know, you've guys got like, you've got, you've got guys like Harer and Dredd and Lundy and Sessoms. None of them are going to make an all big 10 team or even honorable mention, but you've got five guys that can, that can really play. And, and a, a couple guys off the bench, uh, Greg Lee. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really think Harer could kind of give Liddell a little bit of trouble if they, if they put him on Liddell, but there's no reason Ohio state shouldn't win this game, but you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean a lot in the big 10 conference. Um, and they they played a uh, I guess Ohio State won this game by 12 in in Columbus back in December. Um, so Bryce Jordan Center has a has a a, a habit of uh, kind of sucking the life out of visiting teams. So we shall see how that goes. And then Iowa Minnesota again. If I you know, Iowa will look to kind of keep this rolling. Um, I if they lose this game, I would officially start to be worried about Iowa. But uh, Minnesota will not have an answer for Keegan Murray. He'll have another 30-point game, and Iowa should roll, um, even even at the barn. Um, and with that, that's that's the week ahead, um, and that will do it for this episode. Uh, if you would like to yell at us via email, you can do so at big10hoopsweekly.com, um, or you know, send Steve a carrier pigeon. I think he'd like it. Um, and that that'll do it for us. So we will see you next time.